Hey there, are you a spiritual seeker looking for the perfect way to blend your physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental health and well-being practices? Maybe you already have an interest in yoga or astrology or want to learn more about yoga's sister science, Jyotish or Vedic astrology? Well then, I'm super glad you're here and I'd like to extend you a very warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I'm a yoga teacher and a Vedic sidereal astrologer, meaning I use the sidereal zodiac, so some of the signs might be different from what you're used to. To get a free copy of your sidereal birth chart, please visit my website, yogiscopes.com slash chart. Now let's get started. Glad you're here. Hello and welcome to your Yogi Scope for Scorpio season of 2022. So FYI, first housekeeping note, I'm also recording this to YouTube or I'm going to throw it up on YouTube and it's my first time doing that. Been in the plan for a while, but here we are. Roll with me. You, If you're hearing this on the podcast, just know that's coming. YouTube channel, I'm just going to upload this video. So it's a little weird for me in the back end. I also bring that up because this is an example of how I am personally stepping out of this eclipse season. The eclipse that we just had happened on my third house, which is very like YouTube channels type stuff. So if you want to learn more about the houses and what they mean and, and that kind of stuff, that's coming to the Yogi Scopes community membership that is reopening after our birth chart basics workshop that's going to be on November 20th. So the sign up for the workshop is now live. You can go to yogiscopes.com slash classes and you'll click the workshops tab and you can sign up there. I'll also be sending an email about it. And then from that workshop, you'll be able to join in the membership if you're waiting for that. So Scorpio season. I guess if you are on the internet at all, you have heard Western astrologers out there saying that it's been Scorpio season for like weeks now and it's almost probably Sagittarius season. I don't know. I don't really keep track of the dates, but FYI, that's how it works all the time. Sidereal astrology, which Vedic astrology uses, the sidereal zodiac, is more accurate to astronomy. It's not perfect still, but we're almost a sign behind like all the time. So you might have also heard Western astrologers saying things like this eclipse just happened on the Taurus and Scorpio axis. So that's not true according to Vedic astrology, but I do think some of the things coming up are similar because we have all these planets moving into Scorpio right now. And I'm getting ready to tell you all the stuff why I'm saying it's now Scorpio season, according to Vedic astrology, um, whatever that means, you know, Scorpio season. In Western astrology, it's like when the sun moves into the sign is when it's that sign season. But in Vedic astrology, we usually have like, not it's not just the sun. Venus, Mercury are also usually moving into that sign around the same time as the sun. So every month we have this kind of like buildup of energy around whatever sign and it it loosely tracks Western astrology. It's like a month behind. So just FYI, that's the thing that happens. I bring that up because a lot of times people ask me, um, you know, about the differences or like how to tune out the noise. And I'm like, I can't tune out the noise either. I'm into astrology and I hear it all the time. So I like to bring up these clarifications. So for those of y'all that are really trying to learn Vedic astrology, you can learn the differences, right? So we are coming out of this full moon lunar eclipse in Aries. We are out of it now. 
but then this weekend, so like if you're if you've been listening to this podcast, I said I was like, I usually put out a monthly forecast, but I put out the eclipse episode first um, because it was happening first. And actually, none of the other major events of this month are happening until so tomorrow. I'm recording this on Thursday, November 10th, but tomorrow, Friday, November 11th, 2022, is when Venus moves into Scorpio. So Venus is moving there first. And then we have on Sunday, November 13th, I already mentioned this, I did on the Mars retrograde special, is when on the same day on Sunday, the 13th, Mars is retrograding back into Taurus. It's been retrograding in Gemini for a couple weeks. It's moving into Taurus, which forms an axis with Scorpio. So we're going to talk more about what that axis means and what it might be bringing up. But just know that that's further sort of activating this Scorpio stuff. And so also I bring that up because the the eclipse in Aries we just had, Mars is very forefront of the mind this month because we just had an eclipse in Aries, which is the other Mars ruled sign. So then we have Mars retrograding. So it's just like all this Mars stuff is being activated. And of course, we're going to get into what that means, right? Um, and then so on next Wednesday, or so I don't know if I said this clearly, but Mars retrogrades into Taurus and Mercury enters Scorpio on the same day, which is Sunday of this week. Um, And then next Wednesday, November 16th of 2022 is when the sun is entering Scorpio, sidereal Scorpio. Really, I think it's on the 15th that it enters like astronomical Scorpio. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, And then at the end of the month, we have a new moon in Scorpio, which as always, there will be a special episode about the new moon because they're my favorite. I think they're most of y'all's favorites too, the new and full moons. So we'll have a new moon in Scorpio on November 24th, the day before, which is Thanksgiving, I believe in the US. Yeah. Um, So then on November 23rd, the only like not Mars or Scorpio thing that's happening this month is um, Jupiter going direct in Pisces on November 23rd. I think that should feel really nice. Um, Yeah, because it's been retrograde for a few months now. And Jupiter retrograde can bring like just kind of decreases in optimism, decreases in, in imagination, like distortion to those things. Like maybe perhaps even being overly optimistic in a way that's not healthy, right? Or or like spending too much could be another expression of Jupiter retrograde. Retrogrades, like I've mentioned, this is not an episode about retrogrades, but I've mentioned this before that it just increases the strength of the planet. So if that planet's like not showing up well, for you personally, based on your chart, which is why you should take the birth chart basics workshop so you can start understanding for yourself if it's showing up well or not for you. Um, if it's not showing up well for you, then you're going to have problems. If it is showing up well for you in your chart, then based on where it is in your birth chart or where it might be hitting your chart right now, like wherever Pisces is in your chart, um, will dictate whether the retrograde was more good or more bad for you because not everybody has terrible experiences with retrogrades. Some people have really good experiences. So that was a sidebar. Couldn't do this episode without mentioning that. I just, I'm not really going to talk too much about Jupiter going direct in Pisces um, by itself. Everything this month is kind of like Mars and Scorpio. So then also Aries because we just, we just had an eclipse in Aries and that's all the big things happening all of November is 
the planets moving into Scorpio, Mars retrograding back into Taurus, which is on an axis with Scorpio, and it's a Scorpio-ruled planet, right? So, so that's what's being brought up. So let's now talk about what that means based on, you know, this is how I always do it. We talk about where these archetypes come from for the planets, the signs, right, Ast- astronomically and from sort of like mythology whatever, like how we arrive at what anything in astrology quote unquote means, right, is we examine these archetypes. So Mars is a warrior planet, right? It is like the warrior archetype, which that means it can symbolize like our willpower, our drive. It's also very like intensity, motivation, like crossfitter type energy, if that makes sense. Um, And then Scorpio is the eighth sign of the zodiac. So it represents things like um, deep emotional turmoil, um, you know, psychology, research, deep emotions, that kind of stuff is very Scorpio. Things that are hidden away. So hidden away within ourselves, like within our psyche, or hidden away um, like from society, more taboo type topics. So with all these planets moving there, we can talk about them one by one. Um, just know that when the ruler of a sign, Mars here, Mars rules Scorpio, is not at its strongest, it can impact all of the planets that move into that sign. So we have Venus, Mercury, Venus, our love and creativity, Mercury, our communication, um, tech kind of stuff. And also wit is Mercury. And sun, like our vitality, our ego, our, you know, well-being, identity, that kind of stuff can all be impacted by this Mars retrograde as the planets move through Scorpio. And Rahu is in Aries, which is the other Mars-ruled sign. So there's kind of some, like, disruption coming to these areas of life and also... I think what may really be being brought up is unfinished business related to the Taurus and Scorpio axis. And then how are we going to move forward into this? You know, we've got Rahu and K2 on the Aries and Libra axis, and that's going to be kind of the main focus of the next year from now and has been for the last six months. But like I mentioned earlier this year, a few times I've alluded to it um, with this Mars retrograde, it's probably bringing up things that are unfinished business related to the whole past two years. And so let me explain a little bit more what I mean by that. So we all know in 2020, we all went through a hugely transformative time. And in astrology, we can look at that as like most of that transformation and disruption was coming from Saturn, Rahu, and K2 when they moved into Capricorn and Taurus and Scorpio, respectively. Um, So that energy has been kind of hanging on, shaking things up, forcing us to look at things. Um, You know, those are the main karmic indicators in astrology. So um, when you have a birth chart, the whole thing is like your karma. That's why I often call it your karmic blueprint. Um, your karmic roadmap, that kind of thing. So when you understand your birth chart, it's all your karmas. It's all your like 
things that you enter this life with, things that you have to work through. But Rahu and Ketu and Saturn, they're like slower moving. So um, they bring up lessons. And also, I think when, you know, when people, so Rahu and Ketu are related to like lifetimes, which Vedic astrology Hindu culture, Indian culture subscribes to the idea of reincarnation. So whether you do or you don't is not the point here. But if you've ever heard people say things like, oh, that felt like lifetimes ago. And really they mean like in this lifetime, like since they've been alive, um, they're like in another lifetime. Like I even say that sometimes I'm like in another lifetime, I was a guitar instructor and I have I did that when I was like 15, you know, <laughs> like in 16, a teenager, it was my first job. And that never, like, I'm not a musician or never, like, so that feels like another lifetime ago or, like, I'm in recovery. And so, like, another lifetime was, like, the time before I was using and the time while I was using. And then another lifetime is, like, when I got clean. So if you experience that or you've, like, heard people say that, like, lifetimes ago, these things can often, the the change of them, you can go back and look. They were... They're marked by Rahu and K2 transits. Like if you go back and look at your over your life, or sometimes also Dasha's can kind of indicate changes like that, planetary periods. But that's why I'm saying I'm like, okay, Rahu and K2, they moved into Aries and Libra earlier this year, the nodes of the moon in Western astrology. So in Western astrology, they're all talking about how the Taurus and Scorpio axis, axis is being activated right now. Whatever. It is because we actually have all the planets moving into Scorpio right now and we have Mars retrograding into Taurus. So it's also being activated by that. And we have, we're at the end of Saturn's transit in Aquarius. So that's not, Saturn's not doing anything this month. It's already moved um, direct, or sorry, in Capricorn, I meant to say. Um, So it moved direct last month in October, the end of October, and it will stay in Capricorn until January. Interestingly, the same time that Mars is going direct um, in Taurus. So it's kind of like we're at this ending phase. We're at this ending phase of Saturn in Capricorn and of kind of the Taurus and Scorpio axis, wherever that is on your chart, being brought up again and the karma, you know, the the planets are asking us to work through any lessons related to those things in our charts. And so maybe you have no idea where those things are in your chart. That's okay. I'm sure you know somewhere in your being, whether it's in your in the forefront of your conscious mind or not, if you were to sit with it and think about it, maybe journal about it. I'm sure you know what you have personally been working through since 2020. You know, we can look at things we've been working through on a collective level since 2020. Um, But I'm sure you know somewhere in your being what areas of your life have felt really challenging, have felt like they've been bringing you challenges for the purpose of you like kind of learning your lesson. Like that's, you know, how it works. We, We keep going through the same thing over and over again until we figure it out, right? And so then the same lesson can be brought up in a different way. Usually that's how it happens. And we can use our study of astrology to kind of just bring more awareness to that so that we can work through the stuff that's being brought up instead of just falling victim to it, right? 
that's the point, in my opinion. It's not really so much about predicting the future as it is about understanding how we fit, how like what's being brought up within us so that we can move forward with the most clarity and ease. That's a soapbox for another day. Um, but yeah, so I'm sure you know somewhere in your being, even if you don't understand your chart well enough at this point to know where Taurus and Scorpio are, where Capricorn is, like all this stuff, astrology jargony stuff I've been saying, I'm sure somewhere in your being you know what lessons have majorly been brought up since 2020 and how you're working through that stuff. And so here's what I think the overall energy of this month is. So as always, this is technically a monthly outlook. And so when I do the monthly outlooks, I tell you the overall energies, um, what it's a good month for, what it's a bad month for, and then yoga practices and journal prompts to work with those things. So here we are to that part. The overall energy of all the planets moving into Taurus and Scorpio, or sorry, just Scorpio. We just have Mars moving into Taurus. Um, and then Jupiter going direct. Those are the main things we're talking about. The overall energies that that those play into our intensity, honestly, intensity and love, Venus, communication, and vitality, the sun. So um, you might also, with Jupiter going direct, experience this like expansive imagination again, or, um, you know, now that it's going direct, but you might lack the creative drive and willpower to act on that imagination because of Mars being retrograde. So Mars retrograde, it can actually so like I mentioned, with the retrogrades, it can increase or decrease. It makes the planet stronger. So if you're experiencing um, ill effects related to willpower, maybe you're doing too much. Maybe you're burnt out, right? That can only get worse while Mars is retrograde. Or if you're experiencing stagnation, like feeling like you don't have the drive and willpower to create change in your life, then that can also get worse while Mars is retrograde. So um yeah you have to examine which side you fall on that coin you know do you need to kind of slow it down and create more focus for yourself so that you can apply that abundance of drive and willpower to things that are going to make a difference or do you need to do something to kind of kick up your inner fire to um get your fire you know what i mean get, drive that spark again so everything related to Mars is like really being brought up this month, your willpower, your drive, your um, passion, that kind of stuff. And so go back and listen to the Mars retrograde episode if you didn't already or if you need a little more clarity around where that might be showing up for you. Um, but yeah, and so then also I want to point out that the last time, so we had an eclipse in Scorpio in May. And I brought this up on the eclipse episode that like, so technically Rahu and K2 moved to Aries and Libra in May or in March of this year, 2022. But um, we had, this is like a weird, it doesn't usually happen this way, but we had our eclipse in Aries. And then the other one was in Scorpio rather than Libra where it typically would fall, but it's just, that's the way it it shook out. We had so we had another eclipse in Scorpio while all the other planets, the Sun, Venus, Mercury, were passing through Taurus in May. So you might also look back at like 
what have you been working through since May, which I suspect is related to the kind of stuff you've been working through since 2020. So probably somewhere in your being, you know, it might feel like everything. It might feel like something very specific. But if you want more clarity, if you are not sure exactly what it is, what what these lessons are, you might look into your birth chart, get the birth chart decoder, and it's always linked in the show notes. You can get it on my website too. Um, go to yogiscopes.com slash decoder and um, figure out what houses or, or yeah, Aries 2 and Taurus and Scorpio are in for you and see what those houses, what areas of life those houses represent so that you can kind of see what we're supposed to be finishing off. So that leads me into what it's a good month for is bringing back optimism, especially wherever Pisces is in your chart. If you've been experiencing a hard time related to whatever house Pisces is in um, or just Pisces related qualities like imagination, dreaming, spirituality, that kind of stuff, um, things might start to feel like they're moving forward there on the, after the 23rd when Jupiter goes direct. It's also a good month for bringing closure to the Taurus and Scorpio areas of your chart. So like whatever you've been working through for the past two years. So let me um, bring up an example. Do you ever notice that a lot of folks pivoted their business to be online in early 2020 and then they were just like massively successful? because they were kind of ahead of that curve. They just did it right. And the ones who didn't were not successful. They lost whatever business, you know what I mean? And so I just bring that up because like I didn't, I started the online game later than everybody else. In 2020, I was in school and had a three-month-old. So I didn't start teaching you online until this year, honestly, like really. I, I was starting this business at the end of 2020 Yogi Scopes was born in October 2020 with the Rahu and K2 transit. Um, but yeah, so I wasn't. And sometimes I find myself being like resentful. Like I wish I had been ahead of that curve, right? Um, and had an online business to blow up then. So I bring that up to say we're about to go into a major shift again next year. 2023 is going to be this major shift, kind of like 2020, where we're going to have Saturn is changing signs and so are Rahu and Ketu at the end of the year. And we're really only now getting into kind of releasing all this Taurus and Scorpio stuff um, where where the Taurus and Scorpio related matters and Taurus and Scorpio related areas of your life, wherever, whatever houses those are in for you, um, which you could go back and listen to last year's um, Eclipse episodes from November of, of 2021 to hear that if you, I did sign by signs for those, which is also what I do for the membership. So if you're in the membership, you can go back and find that too. Um, but yeah, you might, we might be letting go of that stuff. It's not to say that it won't still show up. It just won't be like the main thing. And as we get more into this Aries and Libra axis, as you know, we have more eclipses there and stuff. And then when Saturn changes signs, so when Saturn changes signs to Aquarius, it's going to be aspecting Rahu again. And then next year, we're going to have um, Jupiter and Rahu are going to conjoin in Aries. So 
That's what I'm saying is there's going to be big changes next year around Aquarius, Aries, not necessarily like if those are your signs, but also like look where those are in your chart to understand what big changes are coming next year. So I bring all that up. If that sounded jargony, I apologize. My goal is to make more people understand the language of astrology more. That's kind of what I'm working for with the membership so that you can under so you can apply it to your life and your yoga practice and um be better off for it right so all that was to say we've had all this same energy kind of going on since 2020 and it's been brought up in various ways throughout the past two years two and a half years now um and next year it's going to be something different so right now is the time to look deep within yourself um, this brings me very well into the yoga practices. Which, so just the only bullet point I had under what it's a bad month for is starting totally new projects. I would, now is a time for closure, right? Now is a time for closure of 2020, 2021, 2022. Like it's a time to start shedding the year. And that's reflected also, like, especially if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, we're headed into winter time. It's like, it's time to, to shed, to like release stuff find closure, make sure you've worked through those lessons. Um, and so yoga practices to do that, Svadhyaya, self-study. So journaling, I think journaling could be more helpful now than ever to really understand what you've been working through, um, how that stuff has been showing up for you. And then also like I put therapy in all caps next to that in my notes. So if you're not in therapy, if you've been thinking about starting therapy, it can be a great time to go to therapy if you have access to that. I recognize not everybody does. So it is what it is. We do what we can. Um, and so feelings wheel type practices. That's my next note on my bullet point on my yoga practices. So what is the feelings wheel? I shared about I, I'll link the episode of the Science of Light, which is my other podcast for more like evergreen type episodes about how feelings kind of land in the body. Like it's it's a good time to be getting in touch with how your feelings land in your body. So there is this tool called the feelings wheel. And so most of us only ever have real embodied experience in contact with three feelings and that's happy, sad, mad, right? Like most of us, that's the the depth of our nuance of describing how we feel. And so there's this great tool called the feelings wheel and it has like an inner layer that is the more simple, broad emotions like happy, sad, mad. Um, and then it has an outer layer that's more nuanced emotions. And I can't think of any off the top of my head, but you should look up the feelings wheel. But I also shared about on that episode of the Science of Light that I'll link in the show notes. Um, there is this one made by a psychologist named Lindsay Brahman, I think. I sorry, I didn't even put that in my notes, but where it has where those emotions might land in your body. And so I spent some time talking about this on my Instagram recently that I don't think I don't necessarily know that it's the same for everybody. Like, I don't know that everybody experiences, say, anger in their shoulders as an example. I don't even know if that's on the wheel, but yoga practice, especially your asana practice, can start to help you muddle through and sort through 
where certain feelings land in your body. And so this is something I hope to start to debunk for you if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or if you stick around is that a lot of times when we think about what's a yoga practice for Scorpio, we're thinking in terms of poses. And I want you to stop thinking in terms of poses. So we can talk about some poses that might help with this. But honestly, you can layer these themes to like literally any style of practice. You could you could do these themes, these ideas in a restorative practice, in a vinyasa practice, in a gen- gentle practice, whatever. The idea is we want to get out of that magic pill of poses mentality and into like the magic of yoga, which is a lot of what I'm trying to explain on the Science of Light podcast is the awareness of how emotions land in our body and how that manifests and this body awareness, this more emotional regulation. So that kind of stuff is more indicated, like it's a good time to be working with that kind of stuff while all these planets are moving through Scorpio. Um, And then next bullet point I have on my yoga practices note is examine your relationship with intensity. So this is where your asana practice is good for that kind of thing. Like, for example, if you get in a really intense pose, like pigeon pose, let's say pigeon pose, for example, it is intense. Like we normally hold pigeon, even in a vinyasa practice, pigeon is not a pose you just get right into and right out of like you might in other poses in a flow practice. Pigeon pose often is held even in a flow practice. You don't just hold it for one breath. You stay there so that you can be with that intensity, the intense stretch in the outer hip, right? And so this is something I bring up often if you come to my classes, is the the gift that our yoga practice gives us is the ability to use our breath in, say, a pigeon pose to slow the mind as we slow the breath. Our mind might slow down because when we're in that intense pose, intense sensation brought up by that pose, it might start to create some racing thoughts. And then we can slow down our breath to slow down our mind. We can soften our breath to soften our face, soften our body. We can deepen our breath to deepen the stretch. So in that, in a pose like that, it might not be pigeon pose. It could be something else. What is your relationship with intensity? Is your Is your immediate reaction to shift, to move, to get out of it, to do something, to quell that intensity, right? To fidget, or is it to stay there and use your breath? And so that's where the yoga practice comes in, where we can notice, oh, I want to fidget because this is intense, holding this pose. And can I choose something different, like staying with it? That's a very Scorpio season practice, and I hope you're able to understand what I mean so that you can apply it. It's not just pigeon. You could try it in pigeon pose, but you could try it in more than that. So the two journal prompts I have for you, actually just quick recap before I get to the journal prompts. Um, it's a good month for bringing back optimism, especially to wherever Pisces in your chart or moving forward with that area. And if you're unsure about that, make sure you have the birth chart decoder. You can reply to the emails you get from me with any questions. You can email me rosemary at yogiscopes.com with your questions. Um, And then it's also a good month for bringing closure to the Taurus and Scorpio area of your chart or um, bring closure to any lessons you've been working through since 2020 and majorly during 2021. 
and this year up till now. So it's a good time for bringing closure to the year, shedding things, releasing, bringing closure um, so that you can look forward with more optimism. And it's a bad month for starting totally new projects. It is a good, you could be planning. Yes, sure. Um, but we don't want to start totally new things right now. So the yoga practices are svadhyaya, journaling, perhaps therapy. Um, if you can access that, if it's if it's available to you. And then feelings wheel type practices and examining your relationship with intensity, examining where emotions feel like they show up for you. Um, like if you feel, so how you do that is when you feel yourself experiencing an emotion, you have to be able to name that emotion, which is where the feelings wheel comes in. And then you have to do a body scan and see what's happening. So that's what yoga practice is for just in general, right? Um, and so the journal prompts are what major lessons in my life have been coming up since 2020? And so just free write about that as long as you have to until you start to notice the themes. Um, and then second journal prompt is how can I shift forward having integrated those lessons another open-ended free write. So I hope that was helpful. Uh, make sure you're on the wait list for the membership. So just one quick more thing about I want to say about the membership is the whole way that is designed. I'll come next week. I'll have way more details. I'll have all the details. I might even do a bonus episode um, related to the details of the membership. But I just want to say um, the point of it is going to be to kind of replace readings honestly, like not to replace readings. So this is the thing. If you want a one-on-one -on -one reading with me because you don't want to share things publicly with the other members or whatever the case is, you can certainly still do that. And actually readings are going to be insanely cheaper for members. I'm actually probably what will happen. I haven't set this up on the back end yet, so it's not official, but probably what will happen is if you sign up yearly from the waitlist. So this offer is only going to go out to waitlist folks if it does go out. But I think that's, I'll, I'll go ahead and say, if you're on the waitlist for the membership and you sign up yearly, you will get a reading along with your yearly membership that you can use either right when you sign up or anytime during the year of your membership. Um, so the idea of that is because I want folks in the membership, I want to know them well enough to know their charts so that I can help with whatever it is you're going through so that I can support you better. And I'm honestly, y'all, like kind of sick of doing like one-off readings for people and never hearing from them again. I don't see a lot of value in that for me or the person that got the reading because it's not just about me flexing my psychic muscles on you. It's about, you know, which is like what seems to be happening in a lot of astrology readings. And I even hear that people are like, oh, I got this reading and it was so accurate. And it's like, well, it's not about me telling you things that you already know about yourself that I couldn't have known to prove to both of us that astrology works, right? Like that's, to me, I'm like, woohoo, fun, I guess. The point is to help you leverage this stuff to make meaningful change in your life towards the direction you want to go. So with that in mind, it's like I, I want to set this membership up to be a place where I can know the members and know their charts and help you interpret it for yourself so that you can learn astrology better and you can learn to leverage it in your own life. So that's the point. So get on the wait list for the membership um, if you want to go layers deeper and have my guidance and not just my guidance, but the support from the other members because the current members are like some of the sweetest, 
most supportive folks there are. And I appreciate y'all that are in the membership. Um, so yeah, happy Scorpio season. Let me know if you have any questions. Make sure you jump on that membership waitlist. And remember to always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Until next time, friends. Bye.